Oh man, it is so good to see everybody in the room and joining us online. As you can see, we are joined by some friends on stage today uh, for our final installment of Family Business. One more time, give it up for all of our friends today. You're gonna get to meet them. Uh, I wanna encourage you that if you can go back and listen to this series, um, it has been a really uh, life-giving series and you can go back on YouTube or podcasts and listen to some of this information and, and I believe it's gonna help you. Uh, everybody on this platform represents something different that we wanted to express to the church and we've gone through this series um, and we've talked really big but I wanna take a moment and talk practical and every person on this stage represents a different practical um, element, I suppose you could say. We started this series with Proverbs chapter 24. I want to end the series with this scripture today. It says this, wise people are, wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities, and through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established, are established and in, endure. So, when we talk about families, we realize that families, good families, godly families don't happen by accident. There's a purposeful intent. There, is, there are individuals working hard to build a good, healthy, life-giving, God-honoring family. And so these individuals we ask to join us today are people who we feel uh, exemplify those characteristics, though none of them would claim to be perfect. Maybe Paige, would you claim that? Yeah, Paige thinks she's something. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. It was funny. We, we, none of the individuals on here, we did not send out questions. We did not let them know what's coming. Last service was the first time they ran through it, and we have no idea what's gonna happen this service. We're gonna be organic, we're gonna flow, and, and if they don't answer exactly, that's okay. We're, gonna, we're just flowing today. Y'all good with that? Y'all good with that? So it was funny, Miss Paige, she texted me and Lena last night. She goes, okay, so are there like any specific questions, or are we just gonna go off the cuff? I texted her back and said, off the cuff. She said, get ready for my off-the-cuff answers. I said, we're just talking to Tyler tomorrow. We're not gonna talk to Paige. But um, why don't we do this, Miss um, Cat? Well, let's start with you. We talked last service, and we've talked before. Miss Cat works on our VKA team, helps us oversee all of those children. How many kids do we have in VKA right now? Um, about 75, 100 when school is out. Yeah. school is gone. So 75 to 100 kids a week. Uh, between Mondays and Fridays, we have a waiting list of people trying to get in. And um, you and Miss Sonia do an incredible job. Thank you. Helping us run that part of our ministry, reaching the community. And, you know, one day I slipped back there and was able to have some conversation with you, just getting to know people on the team. And because she's such, if you don't know her, she's such a bright spot. Like, I, I, she is so magnetic, and I'm like, this woman has her life together. <laughs> and then I got to talk to her. I'm like, no, she doesn't have her life together. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. I make it look good. <laughs> you do make it look good. One of my favorite memories with you is when we, all the staff, we went to Birmingham, and uh, we were doing a game, and uh, you were terrible at it. <laughs> I have no coordination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we love you. And when I got to talk to you, I was amazed at your story because it wasn't what I expected. So how many kids you have? Three girls. What are their names? Diamond, Emerald, and Pearls. <laughs> I love it. And um, you don't, you're not married? No, divorced. Talk to me about it. Well, my journey started uh, at a very early age. I was 17 when I wanted to, um, well, my mom, I want to move in and live with him. My mom's like, no daughter of mine is shacking. So I was like, fine, I'll marry him. And uh, thinking that marriage would change him, it didn't. And he was very abusive physically, mentally, emotionally. When we started to have kids, I um, started to realize that this is something that I don't want them to think this is okay to 
continue to stay in this situation. Right. So um, I battled with divorce. I prayed about it. I would read my Bible. I would look up scriptures on divorce because I thought God would be mad at me if I divorced him. But then I also had to come to terms with God wouldn't want his child to go through what the devil was putting me through. So um, I had to make a decision to either uh, flight or fight. Because if I had stayed there, I probably would not be here or me and my kids wouldn't be here. So I, I made the decision to uh, raise them on my own to get them out of that situation. And it's, it's um, through prayer and uh, obedience. Uh, it wasn't an easy journey. And I will always question, why me? Why am I going through this? And each time, you know, through trials and tribulations, I would, God would give me pieces of the puzzles that I didn't understand um, why I was going through it. But now I look back at it, and it's a beautiful Mozart. It's just beautiful. All those pieces came together. And um, I'm here today on this stage. If my story can help you, then it would be worth all of it going through you know, because I used to pray for him to use me, use use me, God, as you see fit. And if I'm going, if I went through that to help someone else that may be going through the same thing, then it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing two hats is not easy. <laughs> um, how old were your kids when it all started? Um, Diamond is 23, Emerald is 22, and Pearls is, she just turned 17. How old were they when you divorced? They were young, like two, three years old. They were young. You raised them from that age. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and now you said they're all in college? Yes, all in college. Good job, um. Mama. Good job. <laughs> what are they going to school for? Uh, Pearls wants to be a social worker. Emerald wants to be a nurse, and Diamond is undecided. So, who's on one taking breaks all the time? Diamond. She's she took a break <laughs> when COVID hit. She's like, "It's just too much, Mom. Um, I need a break." I'm like, "Where well, everybody's at home now, you can still do it online." So she's been taking a very long break. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> this break needs to be over. You know, just push you." <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, when I, I I said this last service, I'll say this service that. My brother had a Pontiac Sunfire. Anybody remember those cars, Pontiac Sunfire? It's a four-cylinder. They're just a little basic car, and he had 400,000 miles on it. And when you'd see the car, it didn't look like it had 400,000 miles on it. I say that to say you don't look like what you've been through. Thank you. You have such a grace Glory about be to you. God. That's right. <laughs> I give him all the glory. I don't take any credit. Fr family and friends always say to me, how do you do it? How do you do it? To him, I give him all the glory. I did nothing. Don't see me, see him. That's good. Yes. That's good. <laughs> what, would you, what would you say to the mom or even the husband who could be dealing with circumstances at home? Um, what would you say to the person that's living in a similar situation as you? Prayer changes things there. Um, my prayer closet may not look like yours. Mine is the shower. I get in there and just tears start flowing, and I just talk to God and pray and cry out. Like, prayer changes things. Stay, yes, stay faithful and obedient, and um, he got you. Yeah. He will not leave you out there alone. There's yes. a reason for the season. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> And I don't want to embarrass you in front of everybody, but I want to ask you a question. Please I didn't don't ask embarrass you last me. Time. I'm going to, <laughs> how much weight have you lost? Oh, about um, 120 pounds. <laughs> 120 pounds. Amazing. You're a special lady. Thank you. I went plant-based, so, yeah. We don't want to hear that. We don't yes. want to do it. Join me. <laughs> we just want to wish we could do it, but we don't want to do that. We like hucks too much. Can I get an amen, somebody? Okay, uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Richard and Ann, who are so precious, one of the first couples I met, or we met when we came, and I remember uh, we had a, uh, a dinner with some families when we first came, and I remember, really, that's when I really got to know you, Richard. I'm like, this old man's crazy. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, special, special people. And in the lobby, I know, do not let their age fool you. They are young, 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 fresh. 
alive on the inside, exciting. How long have you two been married? 56 years. <laughs> wow. How many kids? Uh, two children, a boy and a girl. Okay. How many grandkids? Six. Six grand. And I met or saw some of them before service. Yeah. Number 88 from West Point is in the house. Where is he at? There he is. Is he single? Is he single? He's single. Is he single? <laughs> Any ladies look at him sinking deep in that chair. Look at that beautiful head of hair he's got, though. I mean, come on. It's nice hair, isn't it, Anne? Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. After 56 years together, what would be something that you would tell couples after? Because you said something first service after this long together. There's not a lot you haven't seen. Talk about that. Yes, I would say um, there's not very many things, situations um, that anyone here has, uh, you know, had to go through or has been exposed to that we have not either walked through or... <laughs> Thanks for the help. <laughs> um, so marriage is hard. And 56 years, you know, just been through a whole lot. Uh, but God has been with us through everything. And when you get to this point and you look back, um, it's hindsight. You can see where God was in every moment every tear, every yeah, trial, come on. Um, that he was right there walking with you, even though you couldn't feel it or see it at the time. Um, so you just have to cling to, you know, keep praying, mm. hoping, trusting. So Wonderful. Mr. Richard, you have, uh, um, you've had some health issues over the years. I have. What has that been like in you know, 56 years of marriage, what kept you together? What kept you strong? Trust. Faith in the Lord. I don't say that lightly. I don't, I don't mean it as a cliche. It's, um, it's really everything. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, in the early 80s, I used to be an athletic kind of guy, but in the early 80s, I got diabetes, and so you, you just have to fool with that every day. And then um, about 10, 11 years ago, I had open heart surgery, and that's when you, um, you have a decision to make, knowing that um, when they do open heart surgery, you may not wake up. And... Um, Life, as you know, it may not be the same. I can, I can sit here today and tell you that it is much better because um, Isaiah 49, 16, where the Lord said he loves you so much that your image is etched in the palm of his hand. He told me that. I didn't read it in the Bible, although I've read it several times. I've never heard anybody talk about it. It's like one of those things that, that's there that means so much that's not talked about or not brought forth. Um, and Ann and I sat down and decided that we're going to live this day today because that's the most important thing. And that's really easy to say. It's really hard to do. And that doesn't mean not to make plans and this and that and this and that. It's that you make the moments count, the minutes count. And um, our, our grandkids are pretty much everything. And I want to be here for them. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago, <clears throat> I, um, I was diagnosed with cancer in my throat. It's not throat cancer, but it's in my throat. And um, 35 radiation treatments, three chemos. Um, I thank the Lord every day when I was in that machine 
because he, he was, I could literally feel him. I knew he was there. Um, and it just means, it means so much to know that there is someone there going through it with you. And I don't mean Ann didn't do it because she absolutely did more than I ever did. Um, because I used to be a 200-pound plus guy, you know. So I am what I am, and I'm proud of what I am because I try to live for everybody that I know. And I just tell a bunch of crazy old jokes and carry on with a bunch of people. <laughs> but I think that's what we're here for, is to make people feel comfortable and know that you care. Yeah. Yeah. So, Miss um, Ann, in those moments of doctor visits and all that, what was it like for you? As I said in the first service, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and a lot of doctor visits. And, um, a lot of days you think you're not going to make it you know, through and, um, and to watch someone that you love suffer and then uh, wonder if they're going to be here tomorrow, you know. Um, it's, but like I say, God just walked us through every day and uh, even through the pain, we still had the joy. We never lost our joy mm-hmm. and our hope and our trust and our faith. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want you guys to know it's so important for us as a church and just as a culture and a society to see a model couple. Even sometimes, like I told somebody between services, they, they were talking about you two and how much it encouraged them. And I said, you know, sometimes it's not even, though they say, they're saying amazing things, it's not even if they, if they don't say anything, their very presence is soothing, isn't it? To show us that it's possible to show young couples that you can make it 56 years despite heartaches, despite question marks, despite cancer reports, despite sickness, despite issues, we can make it work and it's still possible. So thank you for being a couple like that for us to observe and to watch. You're very special to us. Let's go go back to uh, the back corner over here to Paige and Tyler. Now, you guys represent a different group in our church. You are, like me and Lena, you are uh, in the toddler stage. You're the younger, crazy season of life. Uh, maybe fill us in on who you are and where you are in life. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so Paige and I, um, so we moved here from Maryland. We're from Maryland originally. Uh, we joined the military. Um, I joined the military. She, she followed me. <laughs> um, we've been together for almost eight years now. We have two kids, boy and a girl. We've been married for eight years. We've been together a lot longer than that. Yeah, we've been, to, yeah. We've been to, together what for quite some time. What is happening over there? So, as she's you can tell, we've been together weird. for a while. I don't know why she's... Keep going, but I don't um, know what's happening. <laughs> off the cuff, right? Off yeah. the cuff, girl. <laughs> but um, anyways, we moved here. We didn't have a, a good church life back home, um, if any, at all. Uh, so we came here, came to Vibrant. Um, we were saved. We got saved here. Um, let's awesome. see, Easter 2015, I believe. Um, got baptized here, and this is where we're raising our family. This is where we're growing, growing our family. So definitely blessed to be here. So um, you two are special to us in regards to, you know, Tyler's one of the guys that helped me on Sunday. And really what help means is just, just help me with the little things. I just, it's crazy sometimes. And, and so sometimes he's sitting with me during service. And, um, you know, one thing that encourages me with Tyler is he's always worshiping. I don't know if you ever see, but his arm is as long as my whole body. And it's always worshiping God. It's an amazing thing to see. Uh, the other day, he came into church. And he, and he had a nose splint on. She hit him. He deserved it. Uh, yeah. And we were sitting on the front row, 
And uh, he like looked to her like, is it okay that I worship God? And she was like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he still won't tell us why his nose was broke. That's what's interesting. We keep asking questions, blink twice, if you know, whatever, if you're scared. But um, you guys are always here. You're always serving. And when it's really encouraging for us to see other couples like us that are fully invested at your young age and to be here as early as you guys get here to serve. So talk, talk to me, what does that look like with you guys serving with little kids? Well, it's a struggle. Um, it's a struggle getting your kids up in the morning and when I have to, when I get to serve on worship team, I love serving on the worship team. I don't wanna say have to. Um, we have to be here at 6.30. So I'm here at 6.30. We have to prepare the night before, lay the kids' clothes out. Now whether or not they show up in those clothes is besides, <laughs> up to this one over here. Um, he has to be here at 8.30. I usually walk off stage during prayer because the worship team, we pray over the auditorium each morning before um, before service and I usually have two kids I'm wrangling with me while he's in the back serving. So it's not always pretty and it is a struggle, but um, we really try to prioritize and make our, have our kids see that, that it's important to be in the house, whether you're put together, whether you're not put together. Come um, on, come on. I feel like it's really important not to make excuses because it's very easy, like you said in the last service, it's easy to wake up and it's like, oh, let's just sit at home and do church online today. That way we don't have to get the kids dressed, get out of bed. Um, so we really try not to make, not that we're perfect, but not make excuses and really prioritize it. And I felt like just sitting here while you guys were talking that God really wanted me to say that this guy right here, he never makes excuses. Um, yep. You know, he didn't have a father growing up and he's a wonderful man in God. Yes, he's a, he is. Our marriage was not what it is now until we put God at the center, until we got saved at this church. Come on. And um, I can honestly say that after all that happened, we love each other more. Um, we're more confident in our marriage and in our relationship and it, Putting God first in everything you do, whether it's parenting, it's marriage, it's going to work every day, like putting him first, your finances, you should put him first in everything and everything else will fall into place. Very good. What would be some things, I know you said excuses, are there any other things you would look at? Like if you could sit down with all of us. So a lot of people don't realize that our church has been growing um, the room is filling up. Um, if you come to second service, second service has really started to fill up. But one area of our church that's filling up is our kids' ministry. So our ratio, our room, our auditorium is filling, but our kids' rooms are really filling, meaning that we're reaching families our age. There's a lot of toddler, school-age children coming to our church right now. And, and sometimes we're to capacity already in certain rooms, and we're working through what we're gonna do about that. But... Uh, there's, so there's a, there's a lot of us. What would you say to us if you two could sit and be like, listen, give me your attention for a minute. What would you say? <laughs> Off the cuff. Off the cuff. What do you, like, what would you say? In addition to the no, well, thanks for making this easy. In addition to, <laughs> in addition to, um, you know, the no excuses. Is there anything else you'd, you would add to that? Like, guys, this is for real. I feel like it's important to have your kids here and to start that at a young age. Um, I truly believe if that root is planted early in life, yeah. they're not gonna part from it. And even yeah. if, as kids grow up and they become teenagers, Amber and I were just talking about she has a teenager now. Mila is a terror, so I can't even imagine her as a teenager, God help me. Um, but I feel like it's important foundationally at a young age. Like you said, when you're sitting at home watching online, you're, you're starving your children. They're not really getting anything from that. And you may not think they're picking anything up, but they are. They're yeah. getting that memory verse. They're understanding what it's like to come in the house and to be with, um, to watch others worship and yep. to sing yep. their worship songs and to raise their hands. And, um, and even growing together with like-minded people, right? I mean, yep. all of us are here for a reason. And 
and if we all get to grow together, even our children, you know, I mean, who knows what, what could happen, you know? Yeah. So. And you guys have told me that a small group has been huge for you. Yeah. That you've got and, and, and got connected to people that help you. Because we raise our kids in a village. Yeah. That yeah. you guys are from Maryland, like we're from Ohio. We, we were planted here. Yeah. You're planted here. You've had to create a family at church. Yeah. And this, this church family helps you raise your kids. And I see that. And I was with the Henrys the other day and other people that you're really close to. These people, they're like family to you guys. Yeah connected deeply to you guys. So I wanna encourage you, if you get in a small group, you can find a babysitter. That's what I'm getting to right now. You get a babysitter. What did Judas say about, he talked about church the other, what did he say? Yeah, so actually this morning, uh, Judah, he asked what today was, or he said, is today Sunday? And I said, yeah. He's like, yes, my favorite day of the week. And I asked him, well, why is that? What do you, what do you enjoy about Sundays? And he said, um, I love to learn. He loves talking about going to church. And I said, well, what is it that you learn? And he said, the memory verse. I said, okay, is there anything else that you really enjoy about going to church? He goes, and a play. <laughs> so He's real spiritual. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, you know, they're getting something out of it. It's, it's fun for them. Yeah, and it's, it's not, huge. It's not just babysitting, for sure. Yeah. The team back there is amazing. Yeah, the team. Yeah, give it up for all of our kids' team, coordinators. Staying late, coming early, working hard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let me jump over here to the Stallings, who are an amazing couple, sit on the, probably the third row every Sunday, right behind me. Um, you guys are always an encouragement to see every weekend, every time I turn around, and me and we're gonna go back to Zachary's and get some more food. He's a healthy eater, though. I don't like that. I wanna eat with somebody who eats garbage. <laughs> Who eats garbage? You want to eat after church? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whitney. Yes, me. Anybody wants to eat garbage, call Wendy, Lindsay and we'll eat together. Those who eat healthy, don't know. Go eat with Pastor Josiah, Pastor Tyson. I want to eat with the garbage eaters. Just kidding. So you guys have an interesting take on uh, to represent a family in our church. Uh, you guys have a blended family, as in you got kids, she's got kids, and you guys came together. Talk to us about that. Well, we have been together 10 years. Um, Thursday, September 15th, we're by our 10th year anniversary. Good, good, um, good. <laughs> she has, she had, when we came into the relationship, she had three boys. I had a, a boy and a girl. Um, but what we did not come into the relationship in the mindset of doing was, coming in thinking of a blended family. Um, my kids were her kids, her kids were my kids. Uh, we didn't believe in making the stepmom or stepdad thing. I was, I was dad, she's mom. Her kids don't call me Sean. My kids don't call her Robbie or Monique. They call, we call each other mom and dad. Mm -hmm. um, that's, how we, that's how we came to the family. We, don't believe, we didn't believe in the biological thing. Um, because sometimes we can say blood this and blood that, and we forget that we're still family, that we're God's children, God That's brought right. us together. And um, Good, so we don't, we don't focus on the blood part of it because these are my children because God blessed me with this family. Um, so when he blessed me with these family, I took it personal. That's my responsibility to make sure these children um, understand how to, how to perform in life, how to worship God, how to be good good people, good, good Christian people, good Christian children, and how to um, live their lives like they should be. Um, and so to me, we don't, we don't focus on whether we're blended or whether this is not her real, my children's real mother, or I'm not their real father, because we're going to perform, we're going to do for them as we would do for anyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether they're biological or not. We don't, that's right. That's for chemistry class. That's you know when you go. That's that's not that's not you know. That's, that's not, right. That's know, good, that's not, man. That's not for a family. You know. That's, that's right. You know, so, you know, that's that's a biological biology class stuff. You know. So we don't we don't we don't operate family like a school like a like a classroom. We do it. That's you right. know. Um, like like God would have us to do. Um, so that's how we do. Um, how old were the kids when you guys got together? Hmm. Our youngest was six. Um. The others, the two boys, our two boys were, Dane was, oh, Dane was, ninth grade, I think. Ninth grade, yeah, mm -hmm. like 15. 
Um, Chris was um, 12. Um, my, 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 my daughter, she was 16. Um, my youngest son, he was, my, my son, he was 14. Um, we sent four children to college. Um, my awesome. youngest son, he's in college right now. Great. Um, um, so, um, and, um, and we, um, we, we get along well with, with each other. I get along with, well with the other parent. Um, we don't have any strife or conflict with them referring to me as father or dad. Um, he doesn't mind, and we talk together like friends, and if there's anything going on with the children, we communicate together. We decide what needs to be taken care of, how it needs to be corrected or fixed, or what needs to be done, and um, we all do that pretty well together as operating as a family unit together, not yeah. stepmom, stepdad. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't focus like that, so. And let me, and I'll add this to that, is that that's a beautiful image of the local church. They, we're not a white church, we're not a black church, we're not a poor church, we're not a rich church. We're one family. Can I get a big amen? Um, so Robbie, what were some of the challenges? Sean's daughter. <laughs> Is she here today? No, she lives in Georgia. She's married with three kids. Oh, Lordy. Okay, good, good. Yeah, she was a very big challenge. Um, we didn't have a problem with the boys. Um, they, you know, they adapted very well, but she just felt as if I took her daddy from her. So it was, it, it was a struggle. I, it probably just stopped being a struggle last year, to be honest, Pastor. Um, and she's very well grown with kids of her own, but wow. um, it was a challenge. Um, yeah. And the devil um, threw all types of um, tactics at us through her. Um, to break up the marriage, but I'm um, like Paige. I have to brag on my husband because he's just family strong. Yeah. And um, he just um, decided to not let anything separate it. And um, so, you know, we held up. Come on. And we're still holding. That's right. <laughs> and, and Pastor, I, I just want to say that to all the gentlemen, you know, I don't, we don't, Sometimes we, we feel second sometimes because of you, you come into the relationship, you have that, that second nature feeling, you tend to kind of back away and back off. But don't, don't feel that way. Um, don't feel like you're second because these are not your biological children. You know, um, my wife does a great job of not um, making a difference or not trying to present me as a second. She always makes me an equal. And um, it doesn't bother me that... Um, there's another another man in the picture. I'm actually happy there's another man in the picture because we work together to make sure that we're building a good, strong family. It's good, man. Um, so that's so that's not a, a issue. Um, and one thing I do, I know this is not part of our discussion, but one thing I do not, I, I do not, I do not believe in. There's one word that I just do not, I do not use it. I don't believe in it. And divorce is just not. It's not in my, it's not in my um, category, in my, in, my, in my vocabulary, yes. Um, and I tell my wife that all the time, no, no matter what it is, we will search for God. That's why we attend church, come to church, and that's why we love Vibrant, because we come here, we talk, and we meet other positive um, marriage couples that we can talk with and learn from and get good, good examples from. And um, so that is really what, what really drew us to Vibrant so well is that we saw how everybody was so welcoming, so inviting, and so you know, humble towards God and just working together. And that was just inspiring. And it yeah. helps us to wake up every day and realize that, hey, there is a plan, that God does have a plan for us, that we need to just focus and stay focused on Christ, on God, and attend church like we need to, and participate in the small groups and other projects that the church has, and we, that God presents to us, and we will move forward and be strong. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's great, 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 great. Um, Mr. Mackey, Guy and Kim Mackey, they're also one of the early families that we got to meet. Um, really a key family, staple in our church. Um, they always sit about right there uh, in that section, and I oftentimes will be preaching, and I'll see Guy, he'll be nodding me on, 
It means encouragement. You know, he's like, get it, pastor, go get him, you know? <laughs> um, you guys are in a different season of life uh, and opposed to the, you know, Tyler and Paige, myself and Lena, you guys are in teetering into the empty nester season. Mm. You own a business. Um, you guys are very busy people. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, gosh, five kids. And I'll, I'll, I'll do the ages here. So 28, almost 25. 21. <laughs> they have no clue. 18 and 17. Are you guys making numbers up? <laughs> she looked out the crowd. She's like, I don't even know we had five. That's right. <laughs> 27. 27. Okay. Almost 25, 22, almost 19 and 17. <laughs> A lot of I almost. Got, I got three out of five. Three I'm out of five ain't bad, okay? Three out of five I'm, ain't bad. Give it up. <laughs> There's so many of them, it's hard to, yeah. to, to yeah, keep I hear track you. of them. You guys are, uh, um, obviously don't claim to be perfect. What mm -hmm. is it like to raise that many kids and try to be a God-honoring, God-centered family mm -hmm. and to get to this season where you are? What would you, what's that look like? Uh, it has been a lot of hard work. And as, as we said in the, in the first service, we're from Louisiana. We moved over here 29 years ago. Go Tigers. And um, we literally, we, were, we, were, we didn't have any children at the time and we, we didn't know anything about parenting at all. We, by great, God's grace, we, we had a strong marriage. Um, we learned about that, but we had no knowledge on parenting. Kim said she had not even. Yeah, I didn't even babysit. So we didn't know how to change diapers. I mean, we were. I babysat once and I had to call my sister to ask her, because she used to babysit, yeah. how to change the child, toddler's diaper. Actually, I think the toddler told me how to change <laughs> So we'll learn from anybody, yeah. you know? And, uh, but we didn't have a clue, and uh, children started coming, and, um, and it was a lot of hard work. And so to, to just to, to lay it all out there on the, the, the playing field, we've been through it all. And, and I want to encourage you, we want to encourage the young families, you guys, and Tyler and Paige, and the young families out there that you are going to make it. It's going to, it's going to turn out. And sometimes you don't know how. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to live through that day or that morning. Uh, you know, but scripture says that, you know, that if you continue to, you know, to do good and to do well and to keep plowing, that a harvest is going to come. It's going to be a good harvest. And so, we didn't know anything, so we just, we dove into learning. We dove into reading books. We, we, we were thankful that we had some godly uh, couples and mentors to teach us. And um, because we have been at the point where we've had a child flailing on the, on the floor in Kmart, you know, screaming and, and, and dragging that child out and, and coming home and, and whipping that child. <laughs> and, um, yeah. They clapped last service too. What's wrong with us? Look yeah. at, give it up for our parents I, that whoop their kids. I'm gonna just talk about spanking. <laughs> if I talk about spanking, well, this whole crowd will be roaring. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and we've had children, I said, in the, you know, hanging on the chandelier, swinging naked. Um, <laughs> and we've, had times where we've been on our knees, literally crying out to God and asking for help because we didn't know what to do and where to go. And um, those sounds like difficult stories, but there've been so many other victories and so many small things that make it all worthwhile because they are our heritage. Yeah. They are our legacy. Yeah. And um, parenting all comes down to when we grasped hold of, of the responsibility and the privilege of parenting and what that means in spreading his gospel, it all to us, the foundational scriptures in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and it says, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And it says, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Yeah. You shall talk of them when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you sit in your home, Come on. fill your home with scripture. Everything 
is all around God. It's centered around God and it starts with us and they will catch it. Yeah. And it's hard and you have to teach and train. That's great. Even when they roll their eyes. Even when they roll their eyes and Dad's. even when they're embarrassed about dad or mom. Or, mm -hmm. um, but don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. And, uh, and, and, and they're bearing good fruit. You know, we're so thankful for them. Yeah. But it's been hard and there have been times where we question, but God's got a plan and just, just seek him. And, yeah. and, and all of that. Yeah, and his boy, yeah, their boy. Um, Matthew over here singing today. Yes. One of your boys. Was yes. he second service too? Was he over here second yes. service? Uh -huh. Yeah, one of their kids over there singing today. Yes. And it's just a testament um, yes. to just legacy. And it's like we preached last week, the power of that chain. You know, you're starting to chain things in your family that's passing down and just, you know, nobody's perfect. That's why I kind of like listening to this is because you guys, everybody fumbles the ball sometimes. Everybody has their days. Everybody kind of just, you know, we're just working on it. Um, but it's so encouraging to see um, that, it's, that it's possible hearing from you guys. Miss Kim, what would you tell moms and dads out there if, in your position, or younger than you guys, what would you say to us? During the first service, it came to me that as husband and wife, you need to not neglect your marriage. That's so important. That's such a key foundation for your children to see mom and dad love each other. You know, you may have some disagreements sometimes, but when they see mom and dad love each other, they work things out, that makes them feel secure mm -hmm. and safe, and that's just so important for the children. Yeah, that's good. My pastor uh, called me the other day, and he told me this quote. He said, every time I became a better father and a better husband, I became a better pastor on accident. Every time I try to just become a better pastor, it doesn't mean I also become a better father and a better husband by accident. And he was encouraging me to keep this strong so this will be strong. You hate to build this to be strong and this to become weak. That's very good. Thank you, Miss Kim. Mr. Allen, you are who we're all waiting for. Just kidding. So, Allen, you have a very unique story. Um, I remember you shared it with me one day. We sat next to each other at the state game and we talked and um, I was blown away at his story. It's very, it's, it's shocking, really. Um, you're the coroner for, is it Monroe County? You see over 400 deaths a year. You handle a lot of things. Um, but you handle something that I hope no one in this room ever has to handle. And tell us about that. It was uh, 2011, uh, Labor Day, September the 5th, and my daughter Jessica, she was my youngest child. I have three, I was blessed with three children. They were all a year apart, so I know all you guys' struggles about the, getting them to church. I was blessed by um, their mothers, grandmother and dad were a lot of help to me as far as getting children to church, so I know where you guys have been, but uh, Jessica was 20 years old, and uh, she was getting ready to go back to school. She was working at Dollar General there in Hamilton, and she always run to see me during the, uh, during the uh, time out. She was very protective of her dad. I had um, a deputy sheriff friend of mine come up to me one day. He said, oh, you're an apology. And I said, what's that? And he said, your daughter talked me into running a tag number as to see who was at your house. So <laughs> she was very nosy as to what I was doing, you know. <laughs> But she yeah. didn't find out anything, though. Yeah. But she was full of personality. She enjoyed the, uh, of being the youngest child. She always said it wasn't near as many pictures of her as there were the other two, and which I think a lot of you can relate to that. But on that particular day, she had come by and seen me a few minutes, and she left, told me she loved me, and hugged me just like she always did. And she drove down the road, and my, of course, my radio, my walkie-talkie was on, and they paged out an accident there at Hamilton, you know, and it's just almost like I knew it then. And um, I tried to call her, didn't get an answer, called the store, 
They said, we can see this accident out there, but Jessica's not here. So I immediately uh, went, out to, went out there, which I do a lot of times with the fire department to help those guys out. And I got to the scene and her car was over on the side of the road. And uh, one of the firemen had got there just a minute ahead of me and he was trying to get the door open. And uh, he got the door open. So I was the first one to put my hand on her. And it was just like the life had already left her. Her hands were already cold and uh, she was unresponsive. And I'm still on the radio, you know, trying to, trying to get help. But uh, anyway, she was, um, we brought her to the hospital. Five hours later, she was um, legally deceased at that time. But uh, she never knew anything after that. But everything run through my head just a matter of moments. Everything was running through my head from the time she was born, the time I saw her born. Some of those moments that we talked about last week, and that was one of those moments. That was another moment there. And, uh, but the, the moment I will always put in people's head is remembering as a parent, about a week before she died, we had that talk. Mm -hmm. And Jessica loved church, and I'm no doubt Jessica's in heaven, and I am so glad today that I know my daughter's in heaven. And by just that conversation, she says, Daddy, I've been missing church, and I'm, I'm coming back. I don't care where you go to church. I'm coming to church with you. And like eight, ten days later, she was, you know, she, she had left us. So I speak to so many people that everything was fine when we went to bed. And we're up here at the emergency room now. I'm out there at their house, and the person is deceased. And it's just everything's changed. They went to bed. Everything was fine. And, they, and one of them didn't wake up. And it's a, it's a terrible thing, and I faced it that day. Um, a lot of people tried to comfort me. Every call I went, still even this many years later, people will go out, will say to me, but I know how you feel because you lost your daughter. I mean, people in Monroe County, they know that. And they, a lot of them will still say that. And it kind of brings the moment back. I know they mean well, but... Uh, I, I go, well, I'm here to help you today. And what can I do for you? Yeah. And I had to be care very careful about what I say. I said that first service. Uh, so many well-being people will say things to people that, uh, that really hits you the wrong way. And um, I had a person walk up to me at Walmart in Amron six months after she died and said, I'm sure I'm sorry about your daughter. It sure was sad that she was texting when she wrecked. Well, she was not texting when she wrecked. We know that. We looked at the phone. Mm. Um, so I just, one thing I always like to say, please be careful what you say to someone when they've lost somebody. It is yeah. such a, such a uh, tender time. I was, this morning, one of our members, who I go over and talk to every morning, his mom died this week. And I felt, just felt for them this morning. I just, I, I couldn't think of what to say, but I just went over and hugged him. His Grand, his daughter and wife, they were just in tears, yeah. but they were here at church. And that's something that I made the mistake of after Jessica died. Yeah. I got mad at God and everybody. In two years, I stayed out of church. And I went back one time and I got mad. And I started seeing this girl that's my class, one of my classmates' daughter, like Kristen, one Kristen. I went graduated with her mom. But, um, she kept posting about Vibrant Church or Evangel at the time. And I said, I kind of like this. And then I got a postcard in the mail. Some reason the church did a mass mailing. And I saw that. And I've been here. I come here and I loved it. And uh, I tell everybody, God changed my life through this church. And what I've learned here and what I learned about, um, you know, you got to worship God and believe in that. Don't believe in a church. Don't. Don't worship a pastor. I love you, man, but don't worship the pastor. You know, you do. You feed me, man. Feed me. That's what I need, and I have to have it every Sunday. And sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. I have to watch your sermon again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Many times I will see Alan will stay for, or often, stay for two services. And, uh, and then he'll share it, the post later. And, um, you know, a lot of people deal with unforgiveness and, uh, I don't know if people realize that sometimes people think it's just unforgiveness this way. But sometimes we have unforgiveness this way and struggle with a God who knows all things, who can control all things, and then, you know, 11 years later, you're sitting up talking about a situation that was so painful. I couldn't imagine, can you imagine for a moment 
your child and, and you are the one on the scene. The kid that you raised, the diapers you've changed, the school drop-offs, the parent-teacher moments, everything in that moment, everything in a moment can change. And it's, a, it's amazing that you're here. It's a testament to how good God is, how strong you are, to say, you know what, that despite what's happened to me, God's still good, God's still a healer, God still provides, God still helps us through difficult situations sometimes. And so, uh, what would you say to the family member that's dealt with loss? Now, everybody deals with it in a different way, and that's what I've learned. Uh, uh, I heard someone say one time, the, the people that just overreact, ones that just really scream and holler, they don't have the faith to realize that person's better off, that, that person's in heaven. And I go like, well, maybe that person's not in heaven. I don't know. You know, I, I, I say sometimes, and being, I work, I've worked in the funeral industry too, that, you know, so you read an obituary, and the funeral homes, they try to make it look real nice, and they should to comfort the family. And so many of them, they'll say, oh, Alan, he is in his heavenly home. And I'm going like, man, it's probably it'll be when I die. People go, I don't know if he's in heaven or not. You know, that dude, <laughs> that dude, he messed up a lot, you know. But it seems like you can, you know, you can put whatever you want to in the obituary. That's so, right. But just because it says they're in the heavenly home don't always mean that. So That's true. When, when my obituary is, um, mine's already written. And uh, I've had to change it a few times. Some of my pallbearers have died, you know. And I had to, you know, I had to put you in there to oh, do my good. service whenever yeah. you come here. So I had to make some changes in it. All but, right. Uh, I'll let somebody else put whether they think I'm in the heavenly home because, uh, you know, I said just like the queen dying, she's not the queen anymore. She's in heaven, but she's, you know, they can call her queen, but she's not really the queen anymore. She's the queen, you know, she's with the king. She's with the real king, yeah, and I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. so... The, um, I'll talk to Lindsay. We'll get it on the calendar, I guess. <laughs> um, thank you, Alan. Helping people and been through a lot. I'm gonna jump back here to you two. Best for last. You know, I didn't really know your story until one day, I think, I'm trying to remember when Randy talked to me, and he sent me a video, um, and so then I was like, people send me a lot of stuff, and I can't always keep up with everything, but because Randy made such an impression, I'm like, I want to watch this video, and I was blown away hearing your story, and um, you're a miracle, both of you, sitting in those chairs. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and your life. make a correction. We're married 17 years in December, not 18. I corrected him first service, so let me humble myself and submit. I, I told a few, but we will be married 17 years in December, and I can say that God has blessed us, and we are living a dream right now, but I guess after five, six years of our marriage, or maybe a little bit longer, um, it just went terribly wrong. I I was on uh, Adderall, prescribed Adderall. Then I got on pain medication, abused it. Then went to meth and cocaine. Um, I had an affair. I abandoned my husband and my daughter. Left them for six or seven months. Nobody in my family really knew where I was. Um, spiraling to hell as fast as I could. And um, before that, we came to church, like Randy said in the first service, we checked the box, we looked good on the outside, but on the inside we were breaking. We were drowning and nobody knew it. And um, so I guess the last two weeks of uh, my drug addiction, I hadn't eaten, I hadn't had a shower. Mm. And God told me, like he literally told me, like I'm taking my hands off of you. I had a moment with him in the bedroom and I was like, okay God, I surrender. I can't do this anymore, and I won't. At the time, like I didn't know what I was doing, but now looking back, like I was surrendering to God and um, just begging Him to help me. Like I knew God, but I didn't have a relationship with Him. 
and like I do now. And so anyways, my mom came and got me. She took me to God's House of Hope. It is a faith-based rehab, yeah. and God set me up. He wrecked my world. Yeah. <laughs> he completely broke me down and, and brought me up to see things the way that he sees them, to live life for him. He started restoring our marriage, and during the time at God's House of Hope, God had started restoring our marriage four months into it, and then he came to me, and he's like, I had an affair. And I'm like, oh my God, what what is this? But now I look at it, it as like it was stepping stones to where we are at now because he is my best friend. We do everything together. We live life to the fullest and it's just an amazing life. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Pastor Ethan, one thing I realized uh, early on in, in mine and her season uh, you know, Ephesians 6 says the battle's not flesh and blood. And I had to realize that I wasn't fighting Kristen. She wasn't fighting me. We was in spiritual warfare at its Come finest. On. And, um, you know, we had to, um, we had to start being obedient. Um, hmm. You know, we prayed and we came to church and we checked a box and and we said all the right things, but we wasn't doing the right things. Mm. Um, That's huge what you just said, by the way. You've prayed and you prayed and you can beg, like, almost like we treat God like a rabbit's foot. Yeah. A good luck charm. God, fix my family, fix this, and abracadabra. But there's, there's the one-two punch on hell is if we can pray like it's all up to God and work like it's all up to us. That's the, that is the ingredients for a miracle. Are you seeing where they said we were praying, we went to church, we had the look, we had the thing going, but things started to shift when you started to internalize and started to obey what God's word said. That's good, man. Huge, huge. We, um, I work with a, a lady that goes to church here. I worked with her for 15 years. Um, sitting next to each other. She was a mutual friend of the family. She prayed for our family. She prayed uh, for our marriage. She prayed for our daughter. And the whole time I was going through that season, um, she kept telling me, you know, this is bigger than marriage. This is bigger than, than you and Kristen. And you just wait. And I'm thinking, man, how could this be bigger than anything, just getting my wife back? But it, after God rest started restoring us, um, our daughter, 14, uh, Addison, she got saved and baptized. Come on. Um, uh, Kristen's dad, sitting out there now, he got, he got saved. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, and and not, to, not to toot our horn because it's nothing that Kristen and I have done, but we've been to probably 15 churches and given our testimony. Um, We've had uh, couples in our living room, uh, on our couch. Uh, we've been on the phone with people that's just struggling with marriage and struggling with family. And, and they reach out to us because we've been through that fire. And we had, to take, we had to take some steps to get out of that fire. But, you know, the whole time I was just, God, please change my situation. Change my situation. Change, Kristen. And the whole time all God wanted to do was change me. Come on. And, Come and on. when he changed me is when my situation changed. That's good, man. Good, ain't it? I can see why you like him so much. <laughs> well, I, I say this all the time, and I really mean it. I, I tell her all the time, I cannot believe you're my wife. Number one, because she's smoking hot. And number two, because I really can't believe she's still my wife. Uh, but, you know, we, we do. We're, we're best friends. She went with me the other day to uh, check a deer camera, you know. Uh, we go everywhere together. We do things together. Now, we're not just roommates under the same roof. Uh, we have a relationship. Uh, God is the centerpiece of our family. You know, we, we, we come to church. We go to small group. We pray. And, and, you know, Paige and Tyler was talking about making excuses a while ago. Y'all, sometimes we don't feel like coming to church. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like doing that devotion. 
But I think about Jesus. Physically speaking, Come on. he did not feel like taking that cross up to Golgotha's head. Right, man. And sometimes we have to just get by that feeling. You know, Scripture says, deny thyself and take up the cross daily. That is marriage. That is all marriage because it's not about me. Mm. You know, we had to get our order. Um, God is a God of order. We had to put the order in, in the right order. And when we got to order in right, everything started falling into place. We put God first in our marriage. We put him first in our finances, and that's where he's blessing. He's blessing our daughter. He's blessing our careers. He's blessing our home. Uh, we built a house together two years ago. And if you just told me five years ago we was going to build a house together, you're crazy. I'm not building a house for her. <laughs> uh, but, yes. you know, God has been good, and um, it's nothing we've done. Uh, we give him all the glory and all the praise. The, you too. <laughs> Amazing. You too, as well as many others on this stage, but specifically you too, are a living testimony for this church and everyone watching online that our God is a miracle worker. I don't know what you may be facing Whatever the situation is, it could be a family secret, it could be a loss of a loved one, it could be turmoil in your house. At the end of the day, if you let God pick up the pen, he will write a good story. The problem is, is that many of us are insisting on writing the story our way, what we think, how we think it should go. And, and I'm just letting you know, you just go ahead and see how that turns out. But if you let your creator step into your story, these people are sitting here today, different pieces, different situations, different backgrounds, different circumstances, and they're all here today saying, to God be the glory. Whether they raised kids on their own, she gave God that pen to write that story. Whether they were 56 years of marriage and all the turmoil and problems and what you called a nightmare with all of those things, but you gave God the pen, and he's still writing a good story. And you're whipping kids in the Lowe's parking lot. <laughs> At home, okay. Undercover whoopings. You gave God the pen. He's writing good stories. I think maybe just a thought to close, and the band can come out. Here's the thought to close. That you don't need money to build a family. Well, it's nice to have but it's not the prerequisite to build a family. You, in fact, I'll go a little further. You don't even need a physical house to build a family. If you have God and, and you have maturity and you're growing in your faith, if you have faith in God, you can build a healthy family. Not a perfect family, but you can build a family that honors God and begin a chain of events for the next generation. What happened to you two, in Jesus' name, will never happen behind you. Your kids won't do it. Your grandkids won't do it. You have broke that curse. Broke that curse. Miss Cat, you raising them kids on your own? Those girls are going to find men. They're going to they're gonna get married, going to have a bunch of babies. They're going to call you Mama Cat, Grandmama Cat, Miss a Cat. Yeah. Hurry up and find them. Hurry up and find them. Bring some money with them, Lord. But you don't, that doesn't got to be the story for the future. The blessing of longevity. The blessing of keeping God at the center. This series has blessed me. Just to stand here among giants. To know what they've gone through and the heartache they've felt and the pain they've experienced. And to stand here and to say, I know my daughter's buried, but to God be the glory. I know that we've had to get up early, and they said last service he forgets to feed the kids half the time. But to God be the glory. Every single one of us can allow God in our family business. And we'll look back, and we'll say, to God be the glory. And I said it last service, I'll say it this service, is I don't know if we always sense God in real time, but we can sense him in retrospect. That when we look back, and we didn't know God was gonna be in divorce court, but he was there. 
You, you didn't know God was going to be in that hospital room with your husband, but he was there. You, you didn't know God was going to be with you in the hard moments when one's sleeping on the couch, one's sleeping in the bedroom, but God was there. It may not be ideal right now, but the scripture lets us know for those that love God, all things are going to work together for the good. Are you thankful today for God's word, our panel? Can you let them know how much you appreciate them? Excellent job, guys. You guys can remain standing. Thank you for your courage, your honesty. I'm gonna do something I didn't do last service. Are you guys good? We're gonna take a moment. Why don't you two just come out here? They didn't know I was gonna do this. Lena, why don't you come join us? I'm gonna have you two pray over the end of service. Is that okay? So no, you need your mics. You pick those up. Okay. They're like, okay, we'll pray. We're not gonna use words, but we're gonna do great. I want you guys just to pray. Your story is so powerful. And every one of them could, could will join you. We're with you. But I, I resonated so much with your honesty and your, and your integrity. And if anybody in our church, any of these people, if you, they're all going to be available in the lobby. You know, I want to give a shout out. They have a small group for parenting, all that. Just these guys are going to be available in the lobby. Connect with these guys. They will help you. We need each other. And I want you just to pray over our church. Pray over the families, people that are dealing with brokenness, people that are dealing with pain, whatever it is. So go ahead, guys. Whoever wants to go first. Lord, we just come to you in prayer, God. First of all, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just to come and worship, to, um, to see a testimony, Lord. To see all these testimonies, Lord, on this stage. To see a testimony in this church alone, Lord. To see a testimony with our pastor, Lord. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you, Lord, for everybody, Lord, that, that does deny themselves for this church, God, daily. Lord, we just thank you for where this church is headed, Lord. We thank you, God, for each and every person that comes in these doors. God, I pray that you bless them, Lord. I pray, God, for, Lord, where there needs to be clarity, Lord, give them clarity. Where there needs to be healing, give them healing. Where there needs to be strength, give them strength. Lord, where they, those that need to let go of something, Lord, let them let go. God, those that need to get their hands out of something, Lord, let them get their hands out. God, for those that may be struggling, Lord, with addiction, with marriage, with family, with finances, Lord, I just pray for your hand on them, Lord. I pray, God, that you just cover them, Lord, with your love. Lord, any, any, any trip up the devil may have, Lord, he has no jurisdiction in that family. He has no jurisdiction in this church. He has no jurisdiction in their heart. God, we thank you and we love you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for each and every person that walked through these doors today, first and second service. God, it's no coincidence that they came in here today. Each and every person has something that they're dealing with, and dealing with, and I pray, God, that you give them strength, strength to speak it out, go find someone just to release it to. I pray, God, that you send someone to them just to bless them and just to love on them, God, because you are love, and they need that love. They need to know that you're there at their lowest, Lord, at their highs and in the middle, God. Just use each one of us. Give them hope just hope for the future that it's going to be a good day one day just because you're in a storm right now doesn't mean that you're not going to be out of it tomorrow Lord I just thank you for their hearts and just thank you for everyone in here Lord we love them God just show them how much you love them let them have a great week and just be blessed in Jesus name amen 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 are you thankful for the presence of God today